a podcast recorded under a tarp in the middle of a rainstorm. That's what's coming up on the Anti-Woke Podcast. The new Blocked and Reported podcast has some lady who does a BBC podcast. I think it's called The New Gurus. And I guess each episode she goes around and interviews someone, you know, maybe related to the culture wars or some sort of internet phenomenon. Like she basically has a video, she basically has one on woke people. She has one on anti-woke people. She has one on um, pickup artists, you know, where supposedly they can train you how to pick up girls and get them to have sex with you. It was kind of interesting. Like on the pickup artist person that she interviewed, I guess he's a famous one. He's had sex with hundreds of women, supposedly. Um, originally, he was part of the New Atheist Movement, which I find that interesting. Well, anyways, I'm kind of, I'm not famous or anything, but I, you know, I was part of that. I followed the atheist movement back in the day. Let's put it that way. And a lot of those atheist people ended up becoming anti-woke people. But anyways, this guy, he became a monk. He was an atheist, then became a monk who was celibate. And then he became a rich and famous pickup artist. So that was just an interesting life trajectory there. And then she's talking about these two ladies who uh they have they have something called run to dinner it's like are you in to uh, you know number two dinner and it's a couple older women uh, a black one and an indian one and apparently for five thousand dollars you know this is for white ladies so some white lady you get eight to ten of your friends together each of you pay five thousand dollars and then these two women will come to a dinner and explain to you about uh, white privilege and stuff like that. And I guess like the way they start every dinner is um, raise your hand if you're racist. And so then, you know, maybe some of the white women, if they know the answers already, will raise their hands. But anyways, the Indian lady raises her hand and the black lady doesn't raise her hand because, you know, one of the points of their talk is that... Uh, there's only one kind of racism that exists, and that's anti-black racism. And then, if you spend your entire life fighting anti-black racism, as this Indian lady does, then you're still a racist, because if you ain't black, you're a racist. So she, she models the correct response by raising her own hand. And I think maybe, you know, maybe by the end of the dinner, they ask the question again, and then all the white women raise their hands. And obviously the stuff that they say, it, does not stand up to scrutiny. Now, you're not allowed to scrutinize. You know, I'm sure you're going to get the stink eye if you start asking questions or you know, saying is that is that logical? But um, whatever. If you pay five grand, you want to get what you paid for, and what you paid for was to be told that all white people are racist, and you're racist. But you know what? But you're one of the good ones because you paid five grand for this dinner. So, you know, you're not as racist. You're kind of not racist. You're racist because all white people are racist, but you're not racist because you did this dinner thing. So basically, they kind of tell you you're not racist. You pay five grand for that, which is probably feels good. I mean, I think there's better ways to spend five grand, but probably feel, probably, it'd be interesting. It'd be an interesting night. And the BBC lady, she's like, she doesn't know, like if you got eight to 10 men to go to one of these things, if that would work out quite right you know she has a theory that white women like to self-flagellate they like to i don't know kind of be told that they're bad like they want 
she had she used a great word luxuriate she want they like to luxuriate in their badness i mean badness is not a good word but i can't think of a better one but they they like to luxuriate they like to just enjoy the fact that you know rich white women who are actually not racist at all are evil like you think oh i'm part of this evil group this evil powerful group that's done terrible things you know a white woman cried. I guess one of the examples they have is that a, a white woman cried and then uh, Emmett Till, 14-year-old black boy, was lynched. White woman tears. They've written whole books on white women tears about how evil, you know, and how manipulative and evil white women tears are. You know, and then they were saying, they were talking more about whether or not men would go. And it's like, the men who would pay five grand to be told that they're evil um, were born evil and they could only now do penance you know it's it's like kind of like uh what original sin yeah why you know why why do some christians enjoy original sin because it's the same thing you were born evil and you overcome it i guess that's the greatest thing any human could ever do so that's what that's what the white women get they get the original sin treatment here except for it's racism they were born inherently evil and with this dinner they have overcome racism they're amazing they're the next civil rights hero and then they can go back to keeping their kids out of the poor black schools and putting them in private schools. But I was thinking if somehow I was at one of these um, dinners, like, what would I say? You know, they're like, okay, raise your hand if you're racist. I would like, I think I'd raise my hand. I, I, you know, I'd raise my hand and I'd say yes. And then I'd put my hand down and I'd, I'd say no. And then I'd leave it at that. And they'd be like, well, which one is it? I'd be like, well, which is the correct answer? You know, and ultimately the answer is, right, if you say yes, you're a racist, then you're a racist. And if you say no, you're not a racist, then you're a racist. And so I would just like to try and bring that up. Just every question they would have, I would give them both answers and try and show that you get the same result. There is, there is no right answer. They just, they, just, they just call you racist no matter what your answer is. It's like how, you know, when whites leave a neighborhood, that's called white flight. When whites move into a neighborhood, that's called gentrification. It's just, whatever. Anything that whites do, that's evil. And then, so she did another episode that was on the IDW, the Intellectual Dark Web. Um, I think the people she interviewed were Jordan Peterson and James Lindsay. And so the IDW, that, came, that phrase came from 2018. And back then, I think it included, like, it was like Sam Harris... Brett Weinstein, like Dave Rubin, and maybe some other ones. Um, there's a Weinstein brother who's kind of part of it. Or I guess James, James, you know, there's a bunch of people who are like IDW, even if they weren't the original, I think, four members. And James Lindsay is one of those. But I used to listen to those guys a whole bunch back in the day. And I'll tell you what, a lot of these people were uh, also originally part of the New Atheist Movement. I think the Atheist was uh, what, Sam Harris, Richard Dawkins... The best one of the four, Hitchens, who died of cancer, and religious groups say that he made a deathbed conversion, and then some other guy no one can ever remember. But I was kind of hip to that stuff. I think the first podcast I ever listened to, so I, I heard that there was such a thing as podcasts. I never done one, and so I went to Google, I typed in podcast. The first hit, I think, or whatever, one of the top hits was something called Podbean, which I believe is still a large podcast hosting website. And I went to that website, and I typed in the word atheist, and it gave me a podcast called The Week in Doubt. 
And the host of that, I've talked to you on Twitter and whatnot. And if you're listening, hey, Phil. But from 2013 until, I'm not sure, maybe 2021 or something, I listened to every single episode of that. So I was, I consumed a lot of atheist content, let's put it that way. And unfortunately, Phil got Trump derangement syndrome, so I just check in every once in a while if I, if I know it won't involve politics. But I guess I'm just saying, I go back a long ways when it comes to atheist podcasting. And so there was this thing where the atheist, po- I mean, I'm sure this is formative in my life, but a lot of these like atheist speakers and podcasters, um, they ended up becoming anti-woke. They like switched over. I mean, you know, because basically there's only so many times you can say, prove to me a God, that God exists. And the person's like, well, the Bible says that God exists. It's like, well, prove to me that the Bible is the word of God. Well, God says the Bible is the word of God. And you're like, well, that's circular reasoning. And then, and it's like, okay, so if I change your mind, if you change my mind, no. And anyways, that's, that's the end of it. That's, you can go, that is literally the whole story of a thousand different atheist podcasts and YouTube channels. I mean, you know, there's, you know, you can dress it up. It's like, well, okay, but what about Muslims? And he's like, yeah, we can both agree. Uh, both agree Muslims are wrong. But so this BBC lady was saying, and this, you know, anyways, she was saying that these IDW people, like, they have a need to be right. And that they all kind of went down similar trajectories and then ended up being crazy at the end. And I really wish they would have, that's basically all the lady said. I wish she would have talked more about it because basically I have a serious need to be right. I've created a whole podcast just to scratch that itch. And according to her theory, that will inevitably lead to me going crazy. And I don't know, have I gone crazy? I guess, you know, for you, dear listener, to decide. I feel like my podcast is holding up a mirror to reality and it's not a funhouse mirror it's a accurate depiction but you know that's what everyone thinks but they didn't go into a lot of examples on how the idw people went crazy um but it was interesting so basically she's like they all went crazy except for sam harris and then katie herzog i love that woman um she goes yeah well some people would say he went crazy with trump derangement syndrome Actually, let's put it this way. So the BBC lady and then the guy on the show are like, yeah, they all went crazy. Yeah, yeah, except for Sam Harris. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it doesn't take very long to think of a thought. I didn't have to say it out loud. Just I was laying in bed listening to this podcast because I woke up at like 4 a.m. and I didn't want to get out of bed yet. And as soon as they said that, I was like, Trump derangement syndrome. And then Katie, bless her little heart, came in and said, well, you know, some people would say he went crazy with Trump derangement syndrome. But Brett Weinstein, he kind of went crazy with the COVID stuff. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I used to like his stuff. And then I was listening to his COVID stuff, and uh, I did a podcast. Well, okay, he did a podcast where he said, there's a study in Israel that shows that the vaccine is more deadly than the virus itself. And he's like, this is a peer-reviewed study, and, you know, it's Israel, a reputable place for studies to be held, etc. I don't know if you remember, back in the day, like, all the best information was coming out of Israel. Like, they kept track of their COVID data better than any other country. And so that was a bombshell. And so I did a podcast talking about basically how Brett Weinstein was talking about this peer-reviewed, totally reputable study, blah, blah. 
And I believe that was like one of my more popular podcasts. Like right now, I'm getting about 60 people listening to each episode. I think back then, maybe I had like 10, 20 people listening to each episode. And, you know, that one had like 30 people listen to it. And then I don't know if it was the next day or the next week, but it turned out that study was a hoax. Like some sort of elaborate hoax. It wasn't just a bad study. It was like a real, a real honest-to-God hoax. And I don't think I ever revisited that, so there you go. Here, there's the disclaimer for that podcast from a year and a half ago. That study was a hoax. But anyways, after that, I kind of stopped listening to Brett Weinstein because I want, you know, nothing but the facts, man. I think, I think you can see me here grasping at straws, right? Like, I'm not crazy. Look, I, I know that that one study was false. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I don't know, so I think Dave Rubin and I guess we'll say uh, James Lindsay are part of the IDW. I think what happened to them is they became Trump supporters. So I think, I mean, maybe they went crazy about something else, but I think, I think really that was the criteria there. So if you become a Trump supporter, you're, in, you're insane. Or to steel man that, becoming a Trump supporter is a big part of you becoming insane, and then you probably do some other stuff that makes you insane. I say Dave Rubin or Paul Rubin. Paul Rubin is Pee Wee Herman. But, so they were talking about Sam Harris, and I used to listen to Sam Harris every week or whatever, and then not so much the last year or two. He's really gotten into this meditation stuff, which does nothing for me. I have a friend. Hey, friend, if you're listening, uh, I know you like meditation. Good for you. That sounded sarcastic. Sorry, friend. I mean, that is good for you, and if it helps you like Sam Harris, then great. Sometimes I feel like no no matter how much doubling down you do on how you're being sincere... It's, it just sounds like more and more sarcasm, but we'll, we'll leave that one there. But anyways, they're talk, they mentioned Sam Harris, and I was like, you know, I haven't listened to a Sam Harris in a long time, so I went and looked at his recent podcast. I mean, I'm subscribed to him. I just don't listen to him. And uh, he had one about leaving Twitter, and I, I want this not to be another podcast about Twitter. I think I'm doing... Actually, I don't know. I'm either doing too little of them, the right amount, or too much of them for, my, for you, dear listener. I don't know. But it's basically what I'm interested in. Like, you know, I woke up at 4 a.m. I don't get out of bed till like 7. And so I was just like looking for recent podcasts about Twitter, basically, to bide my time in the morning. And it's because I'm such a big Elon Musk fan because of, I got into him because of the rock, rockets, etc. And now he's the new Trump, which, you know, is making the media do a bunch of weird lies and whatnot. So, anywho, so Sam Harris, he... Well, he left Twitter because it wasn't make, it was making him think that other people were evil. Like he'd go on Twitter, and he'd interact with people, and he'd be like, "Those are a bunch of evil fucks." And then he's after a while, he's like, "You know, in real life, he's like, I know in my head, I know in my head, but not in my heart, that those are actually just normal people who are not evil in real life." But he's like, "But, but my heart is starting to, you know, my head knows that, but my heart doesn't know that. My heart thinks that they're evil." So that that was apparently why he left Twitter. But then he started talking about um, trust in institutions. Okay. Damn it, more Twitter. He said that, you know, Elon Musk bought Twitter, and so a lot of people are like, here we go, here, you know, finally we got someone on our side. You know, there's the mainstream media and the government and academia, you know, all the universities and academia, the big, the woke corporations. Like, everyone's woke, right? Like, all the giant, powerful organizations are all woke today, and so people are like, Elon Musk is going to use, finally, Elon Musk is anti-woke and he bought Twitter, and this is finally, we're going to, we're going to get those guys, we're going to get those guys, and we got a way to do it. 
And let me tell you, that is like exactly, he was just describing my emotions perfectly over the last few weeks. But then he was going on, he was talking about the lack of faith in institutions and how terrible of a thing it is. He says it's related to COVID, he's saying like, um, COVID was a dress rehearsal for like, you know, a much worse pandemic that might be coming down the line. And Sam, he, just, he goes down a long list, just basically a list of all the frickin' lies that uh, the organizations have, you know, perpetrated on the American public. Well, none of the ones about Trump, right? Because he's got TDS. So, you know, he doesn't bring up the Hunter Biden thing. He has famously said that he's glad they withheld the Hunter Biden thing because otherwise Trump might be president. So, you know, that kind of lying slash censorship lie by omission was good to him. But he goes down a long list, like, you know, how the lab, you know, censoring the, la the lab leak hypothesis, you know, the CDC and the NIH and the New York Times, they all lied about that for years, etc. All right, the fact that it's looking like the vaccine is more dangerous to young males than the virus itself. I don't know. You might go listen to that podcast. He goes through a long list. It was nice. It was a very nice list. He lists about 15 things. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember when they lied about that. Oh, yeah, I remember when they lied about that. Oh, yeah, that's a reason why you can never trust them again. That's another reason why you can never trust them again. But his kind of upshot of the whole thing was that it is a tragedy that people don't trust the institutions. Like, he didn't say it's a tragedy that the institutions can't be trusted. He said it's a tragedy that people don't trust the institutions. And he thinks that people will be getting their medical information for the next pandemic, I guess, off of whatever, charlatans on Twitter, which... That's an unproven statement. I don't know about that. I mean, if you go by the past, there was like Dr. Bhattacharya, who was a famous Stanford MD um, professor, who was like, uh, these lockdowns are going to F up the kids. And like, you know, that was what was suppressed. So the idea that everyone's going to get their information. I mean, if people would have gotten their information from that guy, they would have gotten the truth. So Twitter and the FBI and everyone censoring people over COVID... It got them lies and not the truth. So, I mean, I don't know. And that was kind of all that Sam said. It's like the other one where it's like, if you always want to be right, then you're on a, you know, you're on a, you're going down a path where you cannot turn off. And the end of it is you're going to be a crazy pickup artist. You're going to become a crazy Trump supporter or you become Sam Harris and you get Trump derangement syndrome. I mean... I don't know, you end up, if you, if you always want to be right, you, you end up crazy. I'll say, you know, Brett Weinstein, he, he talked about this once. He said, there's just a small percentage of the population that what's important, that, you know, you got two options. You can be right or you can go along with the group. And just there's a small percentage of people, you know, evolution probably has a dial that they've turned it up or down. So that maybe, you know, one out of 100 people, they want to be right more than they want to get along with the group. But as far as trust in institutions goes... Like, you know, here, here's what I want. First off, I want I want revenge. I want me mega revenge, which is a problem. Because I think, you know, like, the New York Times, they're not going to... They're not going to comb through their last six years of articles and find the top 10,000 that have lies in them. Because they make money off of viewers' subscriptions. And the viewers do not want to hear about everything that they believe, you know about how Trump wasn't as bad as they thought, at least back in the, you know, before January 6th, and they weren't as good a person as they thought they were. Like, no one wants to hear that, so. 
people whose motivation is money and telling lies to people who want to hear lies, obviously they can't really do anything to correct themselves and then make the rest of the people uh, trust them again. Reminder, I'm not a Trump supporter. Trump is just a crazy person. But like the CDC, I mean, first off, they could release the information on whether or not the vaccine is better or worse than COVID for young men or boys. But basically, they could just release all the information. They could, they, could, they could say, here are all the things that we lied about. We lied about all these things, and we did it for these reasons. It was for your own good. You know, here's the emails back and forth between CDC high head honchos about, should we do this lie? Well, I don't want to lie. Yeah, but it'll say, I think it'll save a million lives. Like, okay, we'll do the lie. Like, you know, they should just come clean. And then maybe we could start trusting them. But like I say, when I, when I want revenge, that's a problem. What that means is that I, you know, even, the, you know, this is the head versus the heart. My head says, you don't fire these people if they come clean. But my heart says, you fire those motherfuckers. And if telling the truth is going to get you fired from your cushy job, you know, you might be just a year away from, you know, getting that 20-year pension. You know, the 19-year pension is 75 grand a year, but the 20-year pension is $125,000 a year. It's like, you know, you're not going to tell the truth and get fired right before you get your giant pension. Well, so it's going to be uh, interesting to see where are, where's the public going to be getting their information from? Like, the pandemic has just totally damaged the reputation of a whole bunch of government organizations. A lot of people just for political reasons don't trust the media. I mean, academia is pretty much safe from any outside influence, but they're just going to keep producing people who do the stuff that people don't trust. You know, is the internet with podcasts and YouTube, are people going to start getting their information from other sources? And then does that mean every, every single person has their own completely different worldview? Or is there going to be a bunch, you know, enough people watch whatever thing on YouTube or thing on Twitter when they get a video that half of America, you know, starts believing in this one thing and then the other half of America believes what the mainstream media, such as they are as they do layoffs and go out of business? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, we'll just see what happens. thought of a story I'd just throw in here. I had a buddy, he visited me in the summer with his two boys, probably about five and seven years old. And I bought an inflatable ring swimming pool off of Amazon so we'd have something to do. You know, it's about two and a half feet deep, 12 feet wide. And so me and the boys were swimming and uh, I was like, okay, we're gonna play a game. I'm gonna tell you the rules. When I say it's okay, you can splash water and hit me in the face with it as hard as you possibly can. And that's fine. In fact, aim for my face, it's funny. And that's all good, I won't do nothing. But when I say, the game's over, and you splash water as hard as you possibly can into my face, I'm going to retaliate, and I'm going to splash water as hard as I possibly can back into your face. And these are the rules of the game. You know, when the first fish crawled out of the ocean, and went on the land, and grew legs, and became a human, these have always been the rules of the game. And we all laughed and we had a great time. And I'll tell you, everyone laughs the hardest when the game ends and the retaliation begins. And I should mention, you know, obviously there's another part of the game, which is as soon as the kid stops splashing the adult in the face, then everyone stops. Then you wait a little while and you start the game again. Kids love it when you just absolutely blast them with splashing if they know you'll stop as soon as they stop. 
And obviously this is all in fun. It's just, you know, it doesn't hurt, but it makes you turn your head and close your eyes when you got a bunch of water coming right at your face. Twitter handle, at Anti-Woke Podcast, and thanks for listening.